Good morning, everyone, or depending on when you're listening to this, good afternoon or even good evening. I'm Tim Muma. Thanks for checking out Job Search Guide on LJN Radio as we look to give you some insight into what you should and should not do when you're trying to land a new job. We're turning our attention to the job interview. Specifically, we're going to chat about some interview disasters and what all of you can learn about these situations. We've enlisted Jim Weber once again, as he's going to give it to you straight, that's for sure. Jim has more than 25 years of experience as an employment lawyer and a human resources manager. He also writes on his site, Evil Skippy at Work, where he brings an edge to the topics that he covers. Jim, thanks again for coming on. Oh, I'm glad to be here. We're looking again uh, at a couple of things, of course, that you have experience in, and specifically, we're going to touch on interviews and interview disasters. And as you mentioned before the show here, you'll kind of look at it from both points of view. But I had a couple of questions to sort of lead into it. First of all, how far or how bad does it have to be for you to consider it a disaster? I mean, from someone who's trying to get a job, they might think, oh, I just bombed it just because they didn't sell themselves well. But for you, with all the experience you've had, how do you classify something a disaster? How bad does it have to be? Well, I'm probably kind of warped that way because for me, disaster can kind of be entertaining and it gives me a good story for later. But (laughs) I guess a disaster, of course, well, obviously, you know, if somebody ends up going to the hospital, that would be pretty bad. I don't have any like that today. Unfortunate. (laughs) Unfortunately. I mean, the real disaster is where you do something that means I don't get hired now because I made a mistake that kept me out of the job. But what I'm talking about are the things that are just so wrong, you remember them the rest of your life and wish you could go back and turn back the clock because you're still mortified about it 20 years later. I mean, that, that to me is a disaster, the type of thing that will make you wake up at night with goosebumps and sweat because you can't believe you did that. Well, it, and that's why we're here. It's a little bit of therapy. <laughs> it's a little bit of therapy. You can get these things off your chest and uh, you know, people listening can be like, yeah, I've been down that road. It's okay. Exactly. It's okay, Jim. Exactly. And, you know, and I think I love sharing these stories because everybody has a time when they, you know, they were going to an interview and something went wrong and they're mortified. And I think if they can hear the success stories that people will, if they live through that, right, right. <laughs> mine isn't so bad after all. So it's, it's, a way, it's like therapy. It's like therapy. And I, so many people need therapy. I like to help if I can. Good. I'm glad we can do our part as well here at LTN yeah, Radio. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, what is it? A human being? We're humanity. We're helping humanity. Right. Exactly. Something like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the other question that popped in my head when you brought up the topic of these interview disasters is that, say you are the one doing the hiring, so you're interviewing this candidate. Don't you start to question the process or the people that are allowing this candidate to get through, like thinking, how did they get to this stage? If if this interview went so badly, how do we miss this? You know, there have been a few that I did wonder about that because it is so obvious when the person comes in that either somebody wasn't screening or maybe the applicant had a a double that came to the first round or something, I don't know, or did the, you know, the initial paperwork. Right. But there, there are times, I mean, if somebody's woefully unqualified, then I really wonder about the process. But a lot of times with the serious interviews, when you see them face to face, other than maybe a telephone screening or just looking at the paper, this is the first face to face that the company has had with the person. And a lot of times that's where these things first show up because you know people can maintain in a telephone screening call a lot easier mm-hmm. than they can in a prolonged face-to-face interview. So if it's a lack of qualifications, definitely I wonder about you know how did this person get here. If it's just the weirdness factor, <laughs> well, then I just wonder how they got anywhere, not just this interview. <laughs> well, let's jump into some of those. And as you mentioned to me uh, before we started here that you were kind of looking at from both sides, even when you were the one being interviewed and, and thought some strange things happened. But let's start with things you've been involved in when you were the interviewer, you were looking to hire somebody. I'll let you start off. Give us a favorite of yours that you remember, as you said, that uh, just will never leave you. 
Well, you know, when you asked what a disaster is, I think if you can feel the air being sucked out of the room mm. because you feel like you might need to crawl under a table and hide <laughs> for a while, even if it's not you being embarrassed. If we use that for the criteria, the one that always pops into my mind was a panel interview. I was working for a public agency. I was with their legal team and we did panels. We would have three people interviewing so we could get the different views. And one of my colleagues loved her. Great lady. She didn't really know much about the worlds of exercise or diet. I'm not going to say that she was fat because that would be rude. Right. But she was. <laughs> she was. Um, but she was nice. I mean, she was healthy, everything great. Well, we're at this interview and the person comes in and I'm sure people, when they're being interviewed, they've heard, you know, be cheery when you come in, maybe do some small talks. So you can have rapport with right. the person interviewing you. Well, he decided he was going to have rapport and he looked at her as we're being introduced and he smiles big. And right before he starts to talk, I knew what he was going to say. I just <laughs> knew it. And he goes, so when's the due date? Uh, yeah. And the thing is, she was not and had never been uh, expecting. And this was my grandmother was right here. My grandmother used to always say, never ask a woman if she's pregnant, even if she's in labor and the head is crowning. I'm with her. So, I'm with yeah, her on that one. <laughs> the water breaks. You don't say anything. <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> he said it. And obviously, he was trying to be nice. And right. he thought, oh, what a happy event. But I think most of us know that implying to someone they're pregnant when they're not is not exactly a happy event. So <laughs> that, that was a good one because she, her eyes just kind of bugged out. And then she said, um, I'm not pregnant. And <laughs> this only made it worse. <laughs> he looked down and looked up. He goes, oh, really? Oh. <laughs> you knew he wasn't meaning it. So I would put that one down. He did not get a callback interview. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was kind of okay afterwards, but it wasn't so much the faux pas of making the comment, right. which, you know, that was actually recoverable if he just had the dignity to go, to act a little bit mortified and go through with the interview. But he just kind of acted like it wasn't his fault that, you know, maybe she needed a girdle or something. Ooh. I mean, he, it, he never said that, but right. he never expressed any kind of embarrassment at the time. Mm -hmm. But he did in the thank you note that he sent me afterwards say that he hoped that his little mistake did not hurt his chances. Oh, <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I think you make a good point there. I mean, to not really acknowledge it in that, in that moment that he made a mistake, I, that could be telling, I suppose, of someone's character. And, and as you said, it, that's not something that's necessarily going to cost you, but I'm sure it, not, as you said, didn't help at all. So, you know, I think, I think most people, unless, unless they're just really mean, are going to give people a strike or two and understand with nerves and whatnot, people mm -hmm. might say something pretty dumb, but. I think they also know most of us will learn from it and it's not going to be an ongoing thing. So a lot, a lot depends on how you handle the disaster after it takes place, whether or not it's going to really torpedo your chances in the interview. I mean, that's my opinion. Well, speaking of uh, females and their appearance, you also mentioned to me another scenario, which <laughs> in theory is a positive in terms of how this gentleman viewed a female. But uh, why don't you fill us in on that story? Well, this was another, this was a private law firm and law firms go through seasons of interviewing when they'll be interviewing people about to graduate. And I don't know if this would happen to my female colleagues, but I did discover as a man that a lot of the, you know, male law school graduates, when they would come into the interview, they couldn't wait to start some like male bonding with you to let you know ah, you're a regular guy. You know, sure. They would they talk about sports, which was always funny because I usually was not following the sports as much <laughs> as they were or something else. And this guy came in and you could tell he just, 
I'm, I'm stereotyping, but he looked like the guy that nothing had ever gone wrong to. You know, he probably was on the football team and he got the scholarship and he could have gotten the toothpaste dad if he wanted it. Nice looking. And here he comes, good college record, law school. And he walks in. And the first thing he says to me when he's just met me is, wow, I sure hope I get an offer to work here for the summer. And I said, why is that? Thinking, you have a great reputation. I want to work with your great people. He, no, that receptionist is smoking hot. Oh. and she was one of my best friends at work it was pretty fun because after he left i could not wait to run out and say so what'd you think of that recruit that just came through right (laughs) and she and she said oh he was kind of a sleaze he was looking me over and blah 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 and i went i said well that doesn't surprise me a bit (laughs) and so that was pretty fun so when when something like that happens i mean from your point of view how do you handle that in the moment or is that something that you just kind of look to ignore and, and hope that, I don't know, something changes with that person's person. I, I, just, I guess I would be really kind of dumbfounded how I should handle that. Well, remember my alter ego is Evil Skippy. And even though I didn't have the name at the time, I did have the tendencies. And I don't suffer fools gladly. When he made that comment, I'm very good at raising one eyebrow at a time. It freaks my daughters out, uh-huh. but I can, I, can, I, I can do that. So I raised <laughs> the one eyebrow and I looked a little nervous and I said, wow. I said, I don't think the managing partner would like to hear that. Why not? Are they dating? And I said, well, no, it's his daughter. <laughs> and he looked like he was going to be ill. Now, the thing is, it wasn't true. She was not his daughter, but I said it anyway. And he looked really ill. So that was, that was good for me. I never called him on that at the time because I didn't know for sure who he was. I mean, he may, sure. have, been the, he may have been the son of the managing partner. <laughs> and so I didn't want to make him feel too bad. So I just went through the interview as if you know, it was normal and ratted him out to the hiring committee, which had you know, 50% uh, female attorneys who quickly rejected his application. Yeah, I could see where that w- would hurt you. And you know, that's something we talk about all the time with our webinars and our shows is you know, as soon as you walk in, now she didn't know that he was necessarily doing this, but she did notice how he was looking at her and, and that that can all play a role in whether or not you get a job. Yeah. And I'm sure he thought he was so cool that she liked it or something. He had that kind of attitude going, but you know, you've got to be professional at the interviews and you want to bond with the people. But I always tell folks, you know, would you talk like this in front of your grandmother or your mother? And if you wouldn't, don't talk that way at the interview itself. You mm-hmm. can you can let yourself go later, but right now you're trying to make a good impression, not just a memorable one. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very good distinction. I like that. A good impression, yeah. not necessarily just a memorable one. Yeah. Well, as, as we noted there, the interview sometimes, I don't know, can go sour even before it actually starts. I think you had one more story of uh, yeah. sort of one of those occurrences. Well, this was one I was working. It was a law firm in Los Angeles. Parking is hard. Traffic is high. And I worked in an office building that fed into a whole lot of areas near downtown LA. And I had to go to a deposition at another law firm. And on my way out, I am coming down the elevator when another person's going down the elevator with a friend or somebody and they're talking. And I hear him saying that he could not stand this interview that he was just at, that he didn't really want to be a lawyer that he thought it was, you know, something his dad wanted to do, but he was going to get a job for the summer. And then he would figure out what he really wanted to do. But these lawyers were also dumb. They thought he was into it. So they're talking that way in the elevator. Mm. And I'm kind of listening and looking over there. (laughs) And he looks at me and he goes, what, you know, 
can't you, you know, can't you hear better? Do you want to step closer? And he made a kind of a snide comment. And I, I was kind of eavesdropping. So I felt a teeny bit chagrined and thought, okay, this on my way. Well, I was doing interviews that afternoon at our firm. And guess where this fellow was going for his second half of interviews that day at a whole different law firm? Was he meeting evil Skippy? He was meeting evil Skippy. He walked <laughs> in and sat down and he remembered me and I remembered him. And I said, so now what are your plans after the, after the loss, after the law clerkship? And he had the good grace to say, I probably don't have any chances now, do I? And I said, well, I said, probably not. And he wasn't as bad as the guy that cussed me out in the parking lot though. Cause I, I had another one where I was, I had parked and I, I, I admit, I admit I was, I was not focused. And at the gate where you take the ticket, where the arm comes up and you get in the parking garage, I was kind of daydreaming and I didn't pull the ticket out very quickly. And the person behind me honks the horn, leans out, got the finger salute, along with some very, very, very understandable and and well enunciated swearing. (laughs) And I I, kind of deserve the honk, but not not the whole bit. So I pull in and, you know, he pulls in, he parks, he's glaring at me and I go in, I, you know, he goes on his way. Well, he was my interviewee that day. He came in and sat down. He did not quite remember me because he hadn't seen my face like I had seen his. Right. So I, said, I said, you probably don't remember where we met. And he goes, <laughs> nope. I said, at the parking garage earlier today at the entrance, he had the good grace to turn bright red and he, he immediately fell all over himself and said, I am so sorry. He goes, I don't usually do that. He goes, but I thought I was late for the interview and I was so stressed out and you were there. And you know, I kind of wished I could run into you so I could apologize. And I said, well, aren't you lucky? <laughs> and so he did. And I thought, you know, I've done things like that sometimes and I wouldn't want it to mar my whole career. So we went through with the interview and he actually ended up getting an offer. Oh, nice. And he, he did a fine job, but it was, you know, he did something truly stupid, but then he had the good grace to say, I did something really stupid. Right. And you know what? Mistakes are made. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to let, let this one by because, you know, maybe I can use it for blackmail later if we hire him. <laughs> Always looking for that edge. Oh, Yeah. But I do think, you know, again, that's why we have these shows is not only, obviously, you bring us some quality humor and some great stories, but there are almost always a lesson you can learn from it. So I think that is a cool one there from both sides. Again, you didn't yeah. eliminate this guy just because he was essentially human for a moment, and, and but he handled it the right way as opposed to other people. Exactly. And in a way, it was a great thing because I learned about him that if he makes a mistake, he'll own up to it and talk about it and take some responsibility, which, you know, I thought was pretty huge, you know, and I bet he never did that again. And I love learning lessons at other people's expenses because (laughs) when I go on interviews now, I am Mr. Polite for the 12 hours before my interview. I mean, just in case. Just in case. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah. Well, (laughs) speaking of that, uh, you did, I thought for sure we would talk mainly about, uh, some of the disasters you saw when you were looking to hire someone, but you've also had some experiences where you thought, this seems a little odd when you were actually the interviewee. Yeah, there've been a few. And I think, you know, when you're the interviewer, you need to set a good environment for the interview as well. And if it's not time to interview, maybe find a substitute for yourself. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that come into mind, but the one that I remember it. This was also, I was interviewing for law positions and very professional looking woman, a partner with the law firm is interviewing me, but I had the distinct impression she could not wait for the session to be over. She wasn't listening to me, very preoccupied, but almost looked like she was in pain. And remember earlier, I said, no matter, even if the person's in labor, you don't ask if they're pregnant. I thought this person was pregnant, but I sure didn't ask. I didn't say anything, but it was pretty obvious to me she was. Mm -hmm. Well, what I didn't know until the end of the interview, she told me that 
She needed to end it slightly earlier because she tried to complete the interview, but her contractions had gotten too close together. She thought she better head to the hospital. Oh, wow. She was in labor. <laughs> no, wait, I mean, did she, you cause her to go into labor? or was I she, think I did. Okay. Well, not technically. I mean, I, I guess, you know, cause of labor, the cause is you were pregnant and I was not the father, <laughs> but I, I may have been the shock of seeing me. I was probably so qualified. She could not believe that, you oh, know, that, here, you're right. that, that may have been it. it. Yeah. Yep, that was it. She couldn't believe how perfect the candidate could be here. And, I think uh, she, yeah, <laughs> she'd been in labor before I got there because she was kind of squirming, sure. squirming when I got there. So that that one was pretty bad. Yeah, you don't hear that one any. You don't hear that one a lot. But uh, but yeah, no. no good, good point that maybe sometimes you got to push off that interview for whatever reason. Or or as you said, it, it's okay to find somebody to fill in 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 a lot of cases, right? Yeah, I think sometimes you can. I mean, sometimes you can't. And I just didn't know what to do because. Right. You know, what was I supposed to say? Are you in labor? That would have been an inappropriate <laughs> question. <laughs> so my my favorite though, interview disasters, a lot of places, especially for the some higher level positions, like to do the lunch or dinner interview. So they I guess oh, they yeah. want to see what your manners are like. And in in you know, law firms they do that a lot. And I was at one where they would bring in a couple of law students, but they would take everyone out to dinner at the same time. And I think it was to <laughs> make us compete or feel uncomfortable. Right. And there was this fellow there and First of all, he made the mistake of ordering spaghetti. You never uh, order spaghetti at a meal interview. I'm just going to tell you that right now. In case good tip. You did, in case you didn't know that. <laughs> nothing, nothing messy. No chopsticks unless you're good at them. He flipped the plate. Oh. I mean, when they, when they handed the plate and he lost it and like a plate of pasta went all over the table. It kind of went on a few people. And this guy, he looked up and all the rest of us who were being interviewed thought, ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> it was him and not me, like this sigh of relief. And dang it, if this guy did not turn it to his advantage because he just he stood up, picked up his napkin and said, and now for my next trick. And, <laughs> you know, they came and cleaned it up and he apologized like he should and then acted like it didn't happen. And we all kind of thought, man, if only I could have had that kind of grace because I've been on the other end of that when things happen and the person will they'll apologize the whole time and then they'll get so distracted they then knock the water glass over too and they just can't they can't get past the embarrassment. Whereas this guy just went, well, it happened. Let's move on. And everybody thought, okay, if he can handle that, he can handle the courtroom. I, yeah, I think that's a really cool a way of kind of flipping it around. As you said, I think a lot of people would have just been done at that point mentally as opposed to anything else. But uh, but to be able to turn that into a positive, I think that's really cool to hear. And, and again, that's what we're doing this. Um, you know, when you presented this as the idea of interview disasters and how to handle them. And obviously yeah. talking about both sides of the table here. And as, as you pointed out, some positives can come out of what would normally seem like a horrific incident. Yeah. And, you know, and if you're the interviewee, there may be a point where you realize this interview is so bad, I'm never going to get the job. Well, life is full of lots of opportunities. And maybe you can now use this as an opportunity, at least to entertain yourself. Um, you know, have some fun with the person <laughs> if you're not going to get it anyway. I, I had an interviewer once that Kept, he took so many phone calls during the interview. I mean, I, I'd start to answer a question. His phone would ring. He'd say, Come Just a minute. on. It'd take, oh, over and over and over oh. again. And, you know, if it happens once, it peeves me off a little bit. But it happened repeatedly. Uh. And this was long enough ago. I'm showing my age here that I did not have a cell phone. They were not that ubiquitous yet. Notice how I got ubiquitous into the interview there. I like to use big words. No, that's excellent. Excellent yeah. use there. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I'm education and everything. But I didn't have that. But I thought, what do I do? Well, I did have a book. So I just pulled my book out and started reading <laughs> <laughs> and he got off the phone call. He's looking at me. He goes, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm reading. He goes, well, I'm ready to do the interview. And I said, okay, just a minute. Let me just finish this paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it was great. I knew it was done. And I wasn't going to work for this guy because right. he was a 
but it was kind of fun. So, you know, that made me feel good. I like that. I like that. But make sure that you know that uh, there's no relationship going on here anymore. It's over. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to be working together. I'm going to have some fun. So, uh, again, Jim, great stories and some lessons to be learned. We are out of time, but thanks once again for coming on the show. Hey, it's my pleasure. I hope it was fun for everybody else. That will close out this edition of Job Search Guide and our discussion of job interview disasters and how you can handle them. And even more importantly, for all of you listening, what you can learn from these situations. And again, it was Jim Weber we brought on to give it to you straight. You can find out more about Jim by going to jimweber.net. That's J-I-M-W-E-B-B-E-R.net. You can also check out his blog, Evil Skippy at Work, where he brings some of this same insight with a little edge and some humor to it as well. If you'd like to get in touch with us about this show or any of our episodes, maybe you want to suggest a topic yourself, shoot us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at the LJN and go ahead and check out the rest of our shows on iTunes. Just search LJN Radio in the iTunes store. For everyone here at the Local Job Network, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.